good evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk. Let's Talk, what we're doing for Women's Month. We have a very, very special guest. Glad she could join us. Um, every, every year, what we try to do on the show is to highlight women and, and some of the remarkable things that a lot of our women are doing in our community and some of the great work. So tonight we have Amira Shabazz Blau. What's going on? Hey, everything's going on and everything. Happy (laughs) history, happy history, happy just knowing about yourself and getting to know others. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So Amira, no, I'm a what what would you like me to call you? Amira? Yeah, sure. That's okay. Amira, give give us um some background about who you are. Okay, so um, first and foremost, um, I am Amira Shabazz Palau. I am a mother, a teacher, a wife. I am originally from Newark, New Jersey. Um, obviously, I'm a Muslim. Um, I am the founder and facilitator of a an international uh, poetry platform called When Women Speak. I am the co-founder and facilitator of another platform called When People Speak. I'm an author, I'm an illustrator, and I'm also hopefully a motivator and a muse to most women out there um, in this creative space of poetry. Oh, I I didn't need to mean to leave out that I'm also um, a photographer by right as well. Yeah, I noticed one of the things I noticed you, uh, you take some very uh, interesting pictures. I noticed that from your page, you take, you really sit back and allow people to, uh, some of the photography, some of the pictures that you take of nature, mm-hmm. uh, I notice you. You know, it, it's a it's a look that most photographers are able to get across to the audience that that you have. Yeah. So, let me ask you when when did um, Amira, this young this young lady, fall in love with poetry? You know, it's a, it's a strange thing. I've been a teacher for many many years at this point. And I facilitated a youth poetry group for many years, youth performances, directed and produced that for our middle middle age, middle school uh, students. Um, But I was a writer, not so much as a poet. Um, And I just one day figured that writing poetry was so much quicker than getting that novel done that's still not done. And um, since I had the experience of working with children in poetry um, by being a teacher and also a facilitator of poetry groups, um, I started out, you know, in that in that fashion, visiting the poetry spots around Newark, um, just being interested in the power of how these people would get on stage and bear everything to the audience and very nervous about my own um, inability to be that transparent, but yet still wanting to have a story to tell people. So um, initially I started poetry about children and lives of children and parents in our community, in our school communities that weren't also always, always the stories that people wanted to hear. So they were the nitty gritty types of things that a teacher encounters um, from day to day, heart wrenching, heart grabbing stories. Um, 
And they were like really mini, mini um, monologues. And um, that's how I started with poetry, just talking about the children and their lives and what we as teachers face on a daily. Well, as we, uh, you know, when you said you were a teacher, I, I, I didn't think about asking you a bunch of questions about teaching, but we're definitely going to get into tying how teaching, have you, as a teacher, do you think that you were able to te- become a better teacher with poetry? Um, for me, poetry wasn't about the teaching experience. Poetry for me and with the children was about getting that inner voice out there, like relaying a message, uh, telling about a situation that wasn't just one person's situation, but many people's situation, situations and things that people may have a hard time talking about. But when you hear someone else speak about it, um, you can definitely relate to it. For instance, we come from a generation now, or we came through a generation now um, of people that lived through the 80s and the crack pandemic in our cities. And what was left over from that pandemic were um, extended families, were um, people who were raising children that weren't their children um, because of uh, the crack that their parents may have um, given their lives to. And so that might be difficult for some child to say, what does it feel like being the child of a crack addict? And what does it feel like being the parent trying to constantly get yourself together, but you have this this habit? What does that feel? What does that look like? Um, so the original poems, you know, the ones that I started sharing anyway, were about those types of things. Like it was Ooh. very hard to be. You know, I wasn't planning on sharing those today, but I can share at least. I, I'll share my favorite. I have a couple of them. So I'll, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know. Like you said, when you, you you're listening to this type of work, and people are voicing how they feel in the, in the, in the trauma that they they're going through or went through, I know as a as an educator, it must have been a lot. Like, okay, I wasn't ready for this, but I I was expecting you as a young artist, a, a child, to go there, but you went there, and I'm quite sure you. Um, has have seen some very very yes interesting work. Um, everything is a story. Every every last little life that I encounter, um, some of the poetry that I I've written about are combinations of people. Um, they may seem like I'm talking about one person, but I'm actually talking about a collective group of people that have had similar or the same experiences. Um, some of the poems are not pretty endings. Um, it, it's just it's just to tell people that there is a real struggle out here, just trying to be young and and just be grown up and come out of here maybe not as scathed as my parents came out, you know. And it's it's difficult for them, and it's a side that lots of people don't have any empathy for. It's like if they come to school and they're acting up, they acting up. But do you know why they're acting up? Mm. Do you have I mean it's hard to say, can I take the time to find out why they're acting up? Because I'm a human as well. 
there's a reason. Does anybody take time to find out? You know, just as a side note right now, one of one of my kids, um, most I, I've, I've got several grade levels now. I've been in here long enough. But I found out just not recently that one of my uh, children that um, he couldn't read. He was in the fifth grade. He couldn't read. But he could memorize the heck out of something. Mm. Make you think that he could read. Okay. And it wasn't until I saw the young man hold the book upside down and read as if he were reading that I realized that he could not read at all. He had just memorized it. But he had other good characteristics. He was a leader because his memory was so sharp. He he could answer questions. He just never could read. Um, his home life was horrible. Fast forward, uh, through he joined the poet, poetry group, did very well in poetry, performed at NJPAC. Um, fast forward to 2022, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, murdered somebody. <sighs> And like, it's, you know, we're only, as a teacher, we're only in their lives a short period of time. But um, I like to say that that time that he was with me, he felt loved, he felt nurtured, he felt like somebody found his talent. I can't read, Mr. Bass, but I could do this poetry. And I still look at his tapes and, you know, and I'm like, how could they have missed this for 11 years of this boy's life? He couldn't read. Wow. So, well, wow. you know, like it's, it's amazing that his, his, his mind, you know, um, the memory thing is not is not easy to memorize. <laughs> and his mind was so keen and sharp in some area. And, you know, not saying that his life is over, but it's, it's amazing, like you said, that he slipped through the cracks and maybe he could have been one of, quote unquote, our bright ones and didn't have to go that route to probably get to his his destination of really really being a, an intelligent man um whatever path uh happens after that situation or uh, that, well, that's wrong he was very intelligent yeah and you and you see that yeah. so you see that so much in in our inner cities it was just his he had too many battles and his home life was horrible surroundings horrible and he had to come through that that jungle every single day. I mean, I remember one time I gave I gave him a part in a play, and he was so excited about having this part in the play. He memorized. He was doing very well, and he was late for school the day of the play. Mm. Broke his heart, and when I found out the reason he was late, his mother stopped him from coming on purpose. On purpose. So, yeah, you know, these are the types of things. So we were talking about how did I start? So we. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it's just amazing. Like I said, when you when you're dealing with the, you know, you're a teacher, you, you're a mother and you have that. Natural instinct to help, to care, to to, to nurture. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you using you've. The poetry is like you're getting them to. To, to really explain and be artistic artistic and it's you know uh, I think that's an amazing thing um so yeah but, but, let, but let's talk about you 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 
Tell tell us how how are you? How is the poetry scene in Newark? I don't think a lot of people that's outside of Newark really understand um, how the poetry scene is in Newark, New Jersey. It's huge. It's absolutely huge, and it's it's currently evolving uh, from the effects of COVID um, and becoming a whole new uh, uh, thing. Um, it was going through a renaissance of a beautiful, all of Newark is going through a beautiful artistic renaissance right now. Um, there are artists, there are poets, there are storytellers, there are musicians, there are singers, all types of, of black, brown creatives. Um, the poetry scene is alive. Um, before COVID, there were multiple venues um, throughout the, you actually needed a calendar to see which place was having what. And uh, if you were the facilitator, you didn't want to overlap anyone. So you wanted to know who was having a, a show on what day so you can plan your day. Um, since COVID, um, lots of us went virtual. I mean, when women speak, um, which is my platform of all female poets, we actually grew and extended ourselves. We became into an international platform during COVID. Um, but it came out of Newark, out of the Newark uh, the first the first space that we actually uh, started with our poetry as women, as a women's group, was the, the cryout cave in Newark. And we moved from the cryout cave to the Source of Knowledge bookstore on Broad Street, uh, which is the oldest Black-owned bookstore in the city. Um, and we, we boast about being um, all-women poet group, all-women audience, all women vendors at a women's own venue. It was powerful. It was fire. But we weren't alone. You have other groups like Evolu Culture. You have um, uh, uh, Mia, uh, Mia X. She does uh, poetry, uh, writing. Uh, she's trying to collaborate now to get um, people together to build her anthology. You have people like... Um, I don't want to start naming names because I will definitely forget some some people. But um, <laughs> like there was poetry for the public at the North Library. Um, there was Raz Haru. He had a writing uh, words and rhythm. There's so many. So I, I would encourage anybody that's interested in not just Newark but um, New Jersey poetry. There's a new po New Jersey poetry event calendar that is organized and maintained by my um, co-facilitator of When People Speak, uh, James Ellerby, where you can find that, just search that on Facebook. And it has a list, a gigantic list of poetry in our area, up and down um, New Jersey, not just Newark, everywhere. So I don't know if I answered the question because I just went off on and on and on, but um, it's, it's very much alive. If you've noticed, uh, they had a big show at um, uh, NJ Pack a few mm -hmm. months back, and they selected two local poets, which was phenomenal. Most death and you know, like people like that were on the stage with two uh, treasure, treasure Bourdain and I know treasure. Yeah, treasure is 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 she performs under the umbrella of when women speak, but she's a a, a powerhouse in her own right. She is the president of Evolu Culture Poetry. Um, and her and Sean Battle were on the stage at NJ Pat. It was the most amazing thing. They just had a doc, a PBS documentary about poetry uh, renaissance. Um, 
most most of the uh, the posts that were uh, featured in that were from South Jersey, but they did um, have a couple of North North Jersey poets in it. But you want to talk about poetry being alive, New Jersey? Yeah, we're hitting it. Let, let me let me ask you um, why. I know that you you performed at uh, Lincoln Park Fe Music Festival, and for those in the chat or those that may watch the rebroadcast, for that area, the Lincoln Park Music Festival is the place to be in the summer. Uh, it, it's a three day event, and if you are able to perform there, that's like a, a I made it moment. So explain to us your experience performing during that. Okay, so it was uh, the Lincoln Park Poetry Festival, um, and I actually was invited by Sean Battle from Evolu Culture, and it was a taped experience for Lincoln Park because we were in COVID. Okay. So, yeah, but it was powerful nonetheless. Um, yes, I was very proud to be a part of that group, that collective group um, asked to perform for Lincoln Park Music Festival, but that was not... The highlight, the highlight of my life was actually uh, places like NJ Pack, um, New Brunswick Pack, um, Carteret Pack, just being on those illustrious stages, just who I am as a person that I'm second guessing myself all the time. <laughs> I, my friends so you pinched, your, you pinched yourself when you got on stage? I, I went through so many anxiety attacks that it was like a blur. <laughs> So, um, it, it, you know, it's just, I'm here, I have to tell myself that I'm here to tell a story. I can't get into the competitiveness of poetry slams. I'm not that kind of poet. Um, I'm more of a griot style poet, and I enjoy when somebody could connect to my, my stories. But when you ask me about Lincoln Park, um, I think the most exciting venue this year was at Yale University mm. um, where my, my um, guru of poetry invited me to come up and share my poetry at Yale um, in Goma Hill. I wow. mean, that brother is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so when he said, Mira, you could do it. I was like, I can. Okay. I knew very well that that, you know, slamming was not me, but I was like, if Goma tell me that I could come any stage I step on, I belong there. So I'm going to get on that stage. Um, yeah. So that was very exciting. And I felt very honored to be a part of that. And, you know, it's just been that kind of a whirlwind experience as far up as Connecticut, you know, getting on the Hartford Lit uh, program and performing up there in Connecticut. That was, you know, it's kind of cool. So I'm going I'm to ask you a couple interesting questions. Poetry isn't poetry unless it's spoken word. What what does that mean? So that, you have to put the emphasis in the right place because I get in trouble when people say, what do you mean poetry isn't, isn't poetry unless it's spoken word? There's poetry and then there's spoken word because I'm of that vein. And I'll tell you why in a second. So the correct way to um, to say that mantra is, Poetry isn't poetry unless it's spoken mm. word. 
So like you you confirming when you say word, but it's like a play on words. So you it's, it it makes no sense to write poetry if you're going to keep it to yourself. So it it it's not poetry unless you're speaking it, unless you're giving that to someone else, or you're allowing someone else to share that, or you're allowing someone else to interact with that, or combine their story, or walk away with something that you have taught them, revealed to them, or allowed them, or given them the keys to freedom, because that's their story too. So let me uh top five favorite poets. Oh my god, that's a hard one. Do it have to be like um classical ones? Can it be people? I mean, it could be it could be anybody, they could be past, they could be living. Just five that you would somebody maybe you may want to share the stage on that you never got an opportunity to. Just mm. five of the most random who 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 do you number one living. I have to say it. I love Ngoma Hill. Number two, not living, Claude McKay. Number three, Dunbar. Number four, Sonia Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to get in trouble with number five because I got a bunch of people that if I if I get you number five, I will definitely be like, oh man, this is girl Aja Monet. Oh my gosh, she's fire. I have never met her. Um, she's on um, what you call it on uh, YouTube. I've, 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 there's so many, there's so many. So yeah, I'm gonna keep quiet on anybody else because I'm gonna leave somebody out and just be miserable that do I forgot. You, okay. Uh, do you think that? Um, let's say, let me let me see how I can word this question. How far do you think poetry can go or take you take you on a or take you on a personal journey? How far do you think it could it could take you? Well, I know that it's already taken me on a personal journey because I I I never really thought that I could do it. I never thought that I could be on the stage with people um like my one of my favorites Radi, a girl like that. Um, young lady like that, um, be on the stage with Dr. Helena Lewis, like be on the stage with some of these these fabulous women poets and hold my own. Although our styles are not the same, um, I just never thought, never dreamt that somebody would even find my stories interesting. You know, find my style of presentation when you're when you're hanging around people like Megali Words and, and Zima Hutchins and you know I'm throwing these pe people's names out here because I, you know I'm in awe you know I rescue to lean I can't even stop because I want to get in trouble so I'm going to stop talking about that but, but no really what really what you're doing you're really what you're doing in the, in the, and I can tell this natural is you're giving people their flowers I mean, I think that in our communities, we tend to not do it enough. But when you're on this type of platform and it's like you love poetry, so you love poets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's totally natural and totally honest, which, you know, you don't want to miss out on nobody. But like, yo, when you think about it and then you probably are, 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 are placing yourself in different settings and like, yo, I remember this poet who was dope and they really did this. And so I, I understand. It's so many, it's so many. <laughs> um, I would be like remiss not to mention John Gavin White. Like, 
every time I hear him perform, I got, I got to get my notebook out and revisit his words because I'm like taking away and it's like, okay, what did that mean? All right, yeah, I got that one. You know, it's just um, Amira, me and John, me and John Gavin White grew up together. Really? Um, well, he's, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> John, John, John is. I'm a little older than John, but one thing I will say is. He his his poetry he takes you he does take you on a word journey. Oh um, yeah, deep. you know, and he he reminds me when I listen to him, and I always tell him. He reminds me of one of the old heads, talking, as we would say, giving you game. He's a very he has an old spirit, and he and he comes off very well. And you gotta listen. You gotta listen because he's dropping them jewels on a regular. I don't think there's anybody else out there like that. Um, but the biggest treat for me in this, in all of this is always, I'm always second guessing. I'm always thinking, I'm, you know, I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be there. But when somebody inboxes me and says, wow, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, like John will do that sometimes. Assassin will do that. You know, these guys have been out here. Helena, they'll, they'll inbox you and say that, you know, your words. And at the moment when I'm thinking, mm, that was so bad. And somebody's like, oh, wow. Wow. Um, That really makes a difference, you know, in anybody's life. And this is why I started When Women Speak, because there are so many people. Explain explain that platform and, 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 you know, the genesis of it. Okay. Absolutely. I I was prepared to even read um, what it's about, but I'm just going to say from memory and heart what When Women Speak is about. Um, when Women Speak is a platform that is, as I mentioned earlier, international. Um, we have women as far away as India, as far north as Toronto, um, France, as far west as California, as far south as Jamaica, um, all up and down the East Coast. So it has become an international um, nurturing free space for women, poets, and creatives. So we don't just have poets. We have musicians. We have singers. Um, Yes, the majority of us are poets, but it is totally inclusive. Um, And it's a space where women can share their voice. They can find their voice. They can get affirmation as much as many of us need it. They can get the nurturing that they need. They can grow there. They can get the support um, and it tends to be a space that once a person steps out there with us, they're like, oh, I'm free. I, oh, um, this platform originated, as I said, we were once uh, well, in the beginning, we were out of the cryout cave in Newark and um, they had poetry there all the time. And I was a frequent supporter of them. Because I liked what Maya was doing at that time. He'd had this platform where he was God, you know, God sent. And um, he didn't really allow people to use profanity. I'm not trying to censor anybody. Don't get me wrong. But you do you. Because I'm I'm definitely going to do me. <laughs> um, but I'm just telling you why I wanted to be in that environment. Because I wanted to do poetry. But I didn't. I don't, I don't want to do certain things that would take me outside of what my faith is and what I represent as a Muslim woman. So therefore, I was very um, frugal and very strategic about where I was going to go. Um, so uh, I had a friend that I wanted her to come out because I had remembered that she had done a monologue of uh, 
Jane Pittman at one point mm. and a few years a few years back and as life would have it you know we have children we have husbands we grow and get older blah, blah, blah. so I said to her I said look um I want you to come on to the platform and I want you to uh share your poetry would you mind sharing it so she's like well I don't I don't perform in front of men oh yeah so, like, okay, I'm this Muslim out here and I'm doing this poetry. I'm performing in front of anybody. Your dog, he ready? The cat? Um, so, but I wanted her to be a part of the platform. And the reason I wanted her to be a part of the platform was because she needed that uplift at that time. And I knew how powerful she was, but her own children didn't even know. So I said, okay, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This, this one night right here, I'm going to close it to men. It's going to be just women in the audience and just women performers. Would you come then? So she said, sure, I'll come. When I tell you we did that show, there was standing room only. There was no room for people to sit. There was no room for people to even stand. There was no parking. And I took a deep breath and I was like, well, wait a minute. What is this telling me that women needed this? (laughs) I, I kid you not, it was packed. And we used to do it once a month and every month we got the same response. It was so bad that the other uh, poetry venues, the guys, used to try to sneak in to see, well, what the women over there talking about? They bashing men, what's going on? And when women speak, try to send their little spies in to see what's happening. Um, but we've been going strong ever since. And what I found out was that it didn't matter what your faith was didn't matter what your religion or what your ethnicity or what your values were. Women were were like thirsty for their own spot, free of the testosterone that men bring in and crowd up and take over. And so we've been with women speak ever since. They that come is, and take they come and take over, huh? Take it over. And you know, like <laughs> women feel apprehensive about getting up there bearing their soul when it's you know, these yeah people in the in the audience and um sometimes we just need to hear another woman's side of it mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's what yeah that, what's she talking about that's it <laughs> so yeah. um that's how when women speak started and, and we've been out here um it's changed a little bit since covid covid we were functioning once a month uh virtually um now i'm not sure what when women speak is going to evolve into because now people hire us. So where I had my own venue uh, monthly or bi-monthly, now people are calling saying, can women, can when women speak, speak here? Can when women speak, come here? Like we were just at the North um, Library for a national, uh, uh, Nor- Greater Newark Women's Conference this weekend. And so we've evolved into that. Um, we will have our own space we've been offered a space um i just need to figure out what is that going to look like post post covid what should it look like because we should be we should be growing and evolving into something i mean you i mean i will i will tell you for an interviewer or somebody who's having a chat with you you definitely know how to segue perfect because it's women's month and this is why you're here and you know, this is what um, what what how you caught my eye, and then thinking of when women speak and what what you know, and I know the, the um, 
you know, the holiday thing could be a little tricky for those of us that have the Muslim faith. Um, Women's Month and, and women empowerment and and how how would you describe that? Because I know it could be subjective for each person. How would you internalize that? It's getting really tricky out here. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, first of all, when women speak, when they see me, they want to know: Is it a Muslim group? Mm. And the answer is no. It's a group for women. Having said that, it's all inclusive, which means if you are a woman or you were born a woman and I'm confused with the pronouns, very respectful, but confused nonetheless, you can be in when women speak. So it's it's got that kind of element yeah. as yeah. well it's just it's a sign of the times it's where we are um i i would be going against what i said our objective is if i turn people away because they now i don't know what it is i'm just saying it's, it's yeah. when women speak i'm not changing the name of the group but i think you understand you know in that in that i know um you know and as somebody who share the religion with you and billions of other people. I don't, I don't think that a lot of people may not realize how tolerant and understanding uh, you are. Um, and you're never going to judge anybody. Definitely. And it's like, you know, don't look at your garb and be like, you know, you think, you know, what's going on in my head. What's going on in my head is I have no judgment. This is like you, you created a safe place. It's a safe place. Yeah. I have no judgment because that is not my place. Um, I would be just as guilty as anyone that um, mistreats me because I wear hijab. And it has happened several times. And you, you know, I'm not going to tell you uh, how we live, you know. <laughs> um, and I want to be true to what I said this was. And that's what I'm I'm doing and 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 that's all I'm going to say on that subject. But it being Women's History Month, um, we've always done a special something um, for Women's History Month um, since the group in, um, was established. And for this Women's History Month, we've done many special somethings. So it wasn't one thing that was just when women speak, because as I said, after COVID, um, we've been asked to speak at many places. So we have like every weekend we we're appearing somewhere. And when I say we, it's not always the same women because when women speak is a huge platform. So um, you may see four people this weekend. You may see, you will see four different people the next weekend and you will see even different people the following weekend unless you request somebody specifically. We have um, people who are doctors high up in academia. We have poet laureates as a part of when women speak. We have you froze for a second. Ah, Amira froze for a second. You guys, just okay. I can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, okay. I got you back. 
Yeah, technology. Uh, <laughs> I would <will> bet. <laughs> um, so it's it, it is very much the most inclusive group that I've ever um, been a part of, and we've been we've been sharing our words, our stories, our hearts this whole month for Women's History Month, um, and we plan to continue to do that because um, it's what we're about, and it's not limited to this month. Yeah, I, I, I think that it is it is remarkable. Um, and I always, you know, one of the things as I'm starting to notice, I have a really, really disdain for this gender war that goes on between men and women. So I think that sometimes when I hear of, or most people when they hear of organizations, oh, this is for women, like you said, uh, some people don't want the male testosterone around and then you just get... It's like, oh, they having a bashing ceremony. No, it's not that. It's it's just that sometimes as women, you guys know what you guys go through. Um and a lot of times as men, we don't know what you guys go through. We may hear it, we may think we know or from our mates or whatever, but we don't know. We don't know how it is to be a mom, how it is to be you gotta wear all these hats. We got hats, but you guys got to wear all these hats as well. So I really appreciate all the work you guys are doing. And it's, it's funny how it's, it's your group is evolving. And it's like, I can see it being really, really big and doing some amazing things through poetry. It was, it's, it's so amazing. And, and I'm meeting so many different people. Um, I was on a, a, a women's platform today in India. Mm. This little girl from North, you know, just poetry. So how far can it travel to the ends of the world? Amazing. Well, Mira, do you have any final thoughts before we close? Um, final thoughts are if, if you are um, feeling in your heart that you might want to try um, sharing parts of yourself through poetry, um, you are most welcome to come on to the One Women Speak platform. You can find us on Facebook um, if you're a woman. Uh, I also have When People Speak, which is um, a mixed platform. Uh, you can come on e to either one and give yourself a, ch a, a chance to try it. Um, there are all different kinds of, of poets. And so don't get caught up in, oh, I got to do a slam. No, mm-mm. You can do exactly what you feel you you can do. Um, they're all different ones, and 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 none of us sound the same. None of us are the same because we aren't the same. So Great. I guess those are my closing remarks. Great, we appreciate you joining us tonight, and it has truly been a pleasure. And uh, oh. I look forward. Go ahead. Can I talk about the book? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and I, I apologize for that. I should have brought the book up. It's okay. Um, actually, um, if I don't know how. It, okay, this is this way. This way. So I got to cover my face for a minute. You know what? You know what I call that? You got a book. You got a reader's book in your hand. I know that's your book. I know that's your book. But that's a reader's book. You see all them notes and place cards and. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that's the When Women Speak anthology, um, and. It is an anthology of some of the women that are on this platform. Um, that book encompasses over 60 poets, 60 women poets. Wow. Um, 
their bios are in the back so you get to to um read a little bit about the women um it's beautifully illustrated because i was the photographer i took the pictures for the uh the anthology um the cover as you can see um if you if you happen to get the book the cover is of a woman and if you look closely it's like a photo montage it's like a hundred pictures of other women inside of the woman's face so it's a very beautiful book um you can find it on amazon it's called when women speak um the anthology by mira shabazz Bilal. again it's an anthology of of different women is it only on amazon is it is it at source of knowledge as well it's at source of knowledge um on broad street in newark as well and um i should have been prepared with the dates i think i do have the dates we'll be at um the source of knowledge to actually give autographs if you're so inclined to join us there i'm looking up the date that's why my eyes are distracted a little bit but we'll be at the source of knowledge on april 8th giving out autographs or signing copies um all not all of us a lot of the women that are in that um, particular book will be there that day so you can get uh your copy of when women speak the anthology either on amazon or you can Go ahead to the source of knowledge. It is in that store. Um, in addition to the anthology, uh, when I talked earlier about myself, I talked about the stories of children. I'm also the author of Breathing Through Concrete. <laughs> this is a tearjerker. So if you want to get stories about children and their lives and with parents in our community and the effects that some things have had on them, you would like to purchase a copy of Breathing Through Concrete also on Amazon, also at the source of knowledge. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. Source of knowledge has a special place. Anybody that's from that area, source of knowledge has a special place in everybody's heart. That's like for the artist and for the book reader, <clears throat> that's like home base. You got to touch through there. When you come to town, if you live out of town, you got, you got to spend, you got to at least go through and just walk through and, you know, Patricia and Nigel. <laughs> they'll say something to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think people don't realize like, you know, it is no more of the quote unquote mom and pop shops. Um, even Barnes and Nobles are closing down due to Amazon. A lot of the Barnes and Nobles have closed. So that is a a, a bookstore that um even if they don't have the book, they will work and get the book for you. And, family. Uh, Hey, family, yeah. you guys got to support that. Yeah, yeah. So we will definitely, um, I know that Patricia will probably put the flyer out for you guys to be on there mm -hmm. if I see it. Or if you get the, uh, get the flyer, Amira, send it to me and I'll post it on all my socials as well. Definitely. But you guys are going to be down there and um, really appreciate you joining us tonight. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to be at the Source of Knowledge on April 8th. We're going to be at... Evolu Culture, which is another poetry spot. Um, this is all for uh, when women, I'm sorry, women's history. I'm just going to give you the date for Evolu. April 15th, that's Poetry Month. April 15th, April 8th. And those are the dates. Great. With that, appreciate everybody for joining us. Amira, stay on. And everybody have a blessed night.